Chapter 21 Mr. Bordred, is there something I can help you with? Poem straightened up and regained her decorum, but there was a lingering fear on her glassy green eyes, a fear that did not suit her well, nor did it bode well for the rest of the children. I do believe, Miss Alirica, you will find that you have already helped me quite a good deal. Mr. Bordred stood stock still and perfectly posed in the doorway, blocking it with his large frame and his formidable attitude. And then from behind his back, he pulled a hunk of wires and hideous green plastic, and with a shrill sounding of feedback, he began to speak into the receiver. I do believe, Miss Commander, you will find what you're looking for is waiting for you at the finale theater. And I do believe the means to find what you're looking for is waiting at the Alirica Mansion. Bordred over and out. Uh, Poem? What's going on? Louis Barimbe was no dunce, and he certainly knew that whatever was happening was certainly bad, but just wasn't certain why it was bad. Mr. Bordred. Poem was backing up, but still maintaining her position between him and her three friends. Could it be that you are a traitor of the most heinous nature? I do believe, Miss Alirica, you will find that you are the traitor. He sneered with a smile so smarmy that Silverbell wanted to punch him in the face. It was Poem's turn to smile, for in an instant her voice was a song, and time was her friend, and the world was slowed to nothing. Frozen in fear, Silverbell, Louie, and Tika watched as they were happy to let Poem take the lead. With three strong strides, she was in front of Mr. Bordred, facing him down without fear, but only fury. I care very little about what you believe. This she did not sing, but instead spoke in eight confident words so that he might hear her and so that he might feel the punch to his face with which she punctuated her statement. And that's where we run, Silverbell decided, grabbing the boys at her side by the hands and taking off past the now keeled over Mr. Bordred. Hey, Poem, I think you should fire your butler, Tico suggested as the four of them sprinted down the grand old staircase. A father... Mr. Bordred is a traitor trying to turn us into the government. Poem shouted into the den as she and her friends sprinted by. Please fire him and maybe lock him in a closet until we get back. Very well, dear. Mr. Alirica seemed unbothered by the news, but happy to oblige, as he stood up from the winged armchair and casually began to make his way upstairs, leaving the children to make their escape. So, what's the plan? Louis was clinging to Silverbell's hand and the sheet music so dearly that as they ran out into the front garden, he was a bit afraid his fingers might fall off from all the effort. We run to the theater and hope we get there before the government, Silverbell suggested, though she knew it wasn't perhaps the most well-rounded plan. Or, you know, before the government gets us. As if on cue, there came the sound of blaring sirens in the air, growing closer and closer with every second. Agreed. 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 The other three chorused in unison sprinting off in lockstep as the siren sang on. Left into an alley, right onto a street, right into another alley, back onto the street. Retracing their steps from the night before, the children ran through the grimy streets of Coda, knocking over the rare pedestrian, leaping over the not-so-rare discarded garbage. They only needed to make it to the finale theater. They only needed to make it to the doors. They only needed to make it inside. They only needed to make music. But it was quite a task for the little legs of four children to run faster than the large wheels of four green government boars. A task that, as it so happens, they did not achieve. 
Wheels shrieked as the four children rounded the final corner, and when finally they laid eyes upon the finale theater, they found the way blocked quite well, and the guards quite prepared. Oh, that's bad! Tico stuttered as he sputtered to a halt. The line of green soldiers began marching their way. That's bad! That's real bad! All right, we can't go back, we can't go forward. Where else is there to go? Silverbell looked at the line, and looked behind her only to find more burly boars rolling into position. Who said we can't go forward? Poem refused to consider stopping her stride, for even as the government goons came barreling toward them, Poem only barreled in return. Without skipping a beat, she let loose the power of her voice as she did so well, slowing the guards on their charge and the trucks in their path, and creating little more than a maze of men and a web of women to work their way around. It stores their stride and is quite fun. Poem was already taking her own advice, using the force of her trained vigilante ways to kick them to the curb and knock them to their knees. You don't have to tell me twice, said Silverbell gleefully, joyfully knocking the waves of villains to the ground in gentle cascades with reckless abandon. Could this go any slower? Tico had already made it to the front door of the theater, and with Louie at his back, began tugging on the handle. With all their might, they pulled and pulled, but the door, in its slowed state, took its merry time. Look, it's open! Inside! Inside now! Louie proclaimed when finally the door creeped open enough for the children to make it through. Silverbell! Poem! Come on! He called back, and quickly abandoning their sabotage spree, they ran to the open door, Poem all the while keeping her eyes on their pursuers her voice keeping them controlled. Okay, let's get to getting. Silverbell crossed into the lobby and whipped out her violin from her backpack with eagerness and anxiety. Who wants to bet that it's not going to be as easy as just playing the song? She asked cynically, placing her violin on her shoulder as she situated her grip on the bow. Well, let's not think like that, because if this doesn't work... Louis looked out into the street at the wall of boars just at the door and the sea of guards on all sides. Let's just play. Couldn't agree more. Silverbell nodded like she was brave, though she was really quite afraid. And so, they did. Silverbell and Louie quickly gathered by the sheet music that Tico now held aloft, and as their tunes melded together, the magical musical light began to float off their instruments. They played the notes swiftly. They played the notes right. They played the notes with passion, for they were playing for their lives. And just when they feared that they had missed a note or messed the rhythm, there suddenly came a pleasant plop and a wonderful whoosh as something fell to the floor from the light of Silverbell's violin and a swirling portal opened from the light of Louis's flute. It made a portal! Louis shouted over the rush of wind spiraling off his portal. It made a key? Silverbell said in confusion, picking up what was indeed just a small black key of iron at her feet. We should go through the portal, right? Louis surveyed the group. Yes! Tico screamed as the faces of their chasers were now just beginning to turn around back towards them. What's the key for? Silverbell asked unsurely as she looked between the portal and the people pursuing them. I don't know. Maybe the portal leads to a door where we need the key. Tico suggested, equally unsure. Who cares? Let's just go. Louis shouted at them as he gestured to the portal frantically. Silverbell nodded in agreement. They waved Tico through first and then turned to Poem. I'll go last to slow their track. I'll watch their fronts to watch your back. 
Poem's eyes were half on the officials, half on her friends. Go! Silverbell then begged of Louie, but the boy shook his head. I want to wait and make sure you get through, he told her, looking as scared as always, but more sure than ever. Fine! We'll go together, Silverbell told him, taking his hand, for she certainly wasn't about to leave him behind, even if it was only for a second. And with all their might and for their lives, they ran toward the portal of blue and white, jumping into its swirling clutches with hope ahead of them, for there was nothing but fear behind them.